Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1348, air date November 3rd, 2023. There were two classes of Jews in Europe, working class Jews, hard working class Jews who were trade union, trade union leaders who believed that you needed a bottoms up movement in Germany to fight all the oppression that was going on to working people. And there were the bougie Jews who were collaborating with the Nazis. Now, they created Zion, they created this thing called anti-Semitism and they created uh, Zionism because they wanted to make the broad uh, strata of working class Jews to be on their side. No different, you know, people who can go among white people, right? The KKK, yeah, you know, uh, they did not want the Jews and Christians, uh, other religions organizing together against the elites in Europe. This is very important to understand. Those in power always have working people divided by race and religion. That's where Zionism came out of. Zionism was cultural nationalism that was intended to make sure a bottoms-up movement never took place in Israel, and it diverted people's attention away from fighting. There were a lot of Jews who fought on behalf of many people, and they wanted to get those people off the streets because a lot of them were very powerful leaders supporting a cultural nationalism. And that's what we need to understand. They use race and religion to divide working people. And this is at the heart of all of this. They do not want working people, black, white, Muslim, Christian, uniting against the swarm. And that's what's happening in the United States. They do not want us building a bottoms up movement against the fact that the financial systems of the world are built on fumes. They want us fighting against each other. Zionism serves the swarm. Zionism fuels the fact that we will not build a bottoms-up movement against these financial systems which are created to subjugate people. So every presidential candidate sucks up to the swarm. That's why I said, I said, isn't it interesting that I'm the only presidential candidate who will not suck Zionist cock? I had to do something that bold, but that's what's going on. Booby fucking Kennedy, he's a Zionist scumbag. Bernie Sanders, Zionist scumbag. Tulsi Gabbard, she's a warmonger, guys. All of these people who get mainstream media attention, positive or negative, they're the, the, the theatrical actors that are put there so we don't build a bottoms-up movement. That's what's going on. Booby fucking Kennedy supported lockdowns during the pandemic. He wanted, he was absolutely fine with quote-unquote defending Israel and butchering Jews. Same with Tulsi Gabbard. Same with Bernie Sanders. They're all liberal Zionists. And we shouldn't give them one inch. And I want to take some questions, but I want to let people know, you know, the Indian Brahmin system of caste is very similar to Zionism. Chosen people, subjugating other people, justifying oppression. That's what this is about. So I think the best we can do, Mays and Ryan, is to educate. Uh, look, 30% of people will never agree with you, the hardcore Zionists. Forget them. Don't even argue with them. 50% of people right now are watching which way the ping pong ball goes. And then there's a 20% who are the agents of change. We're that 20%, but we have to get our messaging, our education very, very clear because we need to bring the 50% over. Don't argue, don't waste your time with the set, the 30%. And this is organizational theory 101. 30% of people will always wear masks. Give them five masks to wear. They'll want to get six you know, jabs. Give them another booster. You don't, don't even try to convince these people. Don't waste your time. But the 50% out there need to be educated. They need to understand Zionism 
is racism, it's anti-Semitism, and most of the Zionists are Christian Zionists. You don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. And Netanyahu was about to be indicted. This is a wonderful opportunity for him. Hamas was created by Israel. It's not a conspiracy theory maze. They were created, Yossi Cohen, the chief of Mossad, who's in line to become the next prime minister of Israel. He was, two years ago, he was on Hamas. You see, there have been secular movements, secular mean non-religious political movements in Palestine to win the Palestinians' freedom. Israel created the religious, non-secular version and fueled them because they want the rabid religious movement so they could point their fingers and create the theater. That's what this is about. Hey, Dr. Shiva, yeah. can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. Do, do, don't you find it actually kind of entertaining? Uh, and I say, this as, I say this as a Christian, when a lot of the uh, American Jewish population, they, I, I think they seem to not understand that Christian Zionism it fundamentally, like, they're the ultimate, and I hate to use this term, anti-Semites, because the end of their theory is that Jesus will come back and send the Jews to hell. Okay, like, that's ultimately what it comes down to. So I, I just, don't you find that kind of entertaining when you really think about the fact that they consider, um, you know, a lot of the Zionists, the Jewish Zionists, consider the Christian Zionists, you know, their allies, when ultimately... The, the Christian Zionists have ulterior motives. Yeah, but, but, but remember, Jonathan, the goal of this is the almighty <clears throat> dollar. It's economics. Zionism is a tool that is racist, but it's used to fuel money. So we have to step back and recognize this is about massive amounts of power, profit, control. If you just take a map and you look at that region of Palestine, it is pure strategic value, incredible amount of strategic value imperial strategic value it's an outpost for imperialism it was originally colonialism and imperialism so even when these contradictions exist jonathan among them they don't care they're very very happy that the christian zionists get all jacked up and they put an idiot like mike johnson into power who's now the speaker of the house i mean the first thing he does he passes a proclamation to essentially say we should go keep butchering palestinians that's what he first did so they have their puppets, their drones among the Christian Zionists, Jonathan. So they don't care, even if they say stuff against them. They've created an army of Christian Zionists who will fuel uh, uh, Congress and make their phone calls to make sure all these people fund Zionism. That's the purpose, Jonathan, of Christian Zionism. Dr. Shiva, can I ask you a question? I know you're running for office. How do you plan on managing and funding your campaign when all the other candidates are taking APAC money and super PAC money and giving out millions of dollars? Just right now, I'm, I'm just curious where you land on this. Thing, so what party am I running on? Yes, yeah, sir. so if you guys go look at 2017, it was, by the way, just to give you a background, 2017, I ran against Elizabeth Warren and our slogan was declare your independence, which Booby Kennedy has literally stolen. Bobby fucking Booby fucking Kennedy literally sends people to our Zoom sessions and steals our stuff. He is the swarm, Okay. He comes from an organized crime family. One, one needs to understand this. So he was running as a Democrat. We've been running as independents. But let's talk about why I decided to run for president. I believe, uh, whoever asked that question, that the only thing that has ever changed the world is movements. And when I mean, mean movement, it's not Bernie Sanders saying movements. I mean real movements. What is a movement? A movement is done not just by students going to a protest, by working people organizing bottoms up and willing to strike if needed, which means strike meaning walk off their jobs, 
not do stuff. Boy, look at the history of the United States in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. Um, there was a movement. It was called the Great Upheaval. And this was women led these movements in factories because, you know, uh, people were working 20 hour days. There was child labor. There was no infrastructure, uh, no water, no clean water, you know, sewer. I mean, if you can just look at the United States in the late 1800s, 1900s, it wasn't a great place to live. It was quite abusive. In the in Haymarket, Chicago, four American workers were hanged for fighting for the eight hour workday. All of this is suppressed in American history. 1886, it was called the Haymarket Riots. Four American workers were hanged in the United States for fi fighting for the eight hour workday. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, seven American workers were shot by the National Guard. So why am I bringing this up? Well, it was those movements, by the way, in commemoration of those four workers who were hanged, Throughout the world, every worker commemorated that as May Day. Then it was, uh, everyone thought it's a communist holiday. It wasn't. It was in commemoration of American workers who took up the slogan, Workers Unite, long before Karl Marx, right? And it was the broad mass of militant American working people who organized these massive movements. Millions of people took to the streets. Between 1900 and 1940, Nearly 11,000 strikes took place in the United States with close to 200 million people fighting. And if you look for basic rights, and between 1900 to 1970, the first income quartile, the second, the third, and the fourth, all wages grew in the United States because of these very powerful movements. Not top-down movements run by Kennedys and Bernie Sanders, but bottoms-up movements, women and men, bottoms-up trade union movements. Everyone following me, this is what took place in the United States. And it was because of those movements that the American economy grew, all wages grew, the GDP grew, everyone did well. It was the most prosperous time in American history. But everyone leaves out the fact it was because of these movements. And by 1960, 99% um, of measles was gone because infrastructure came in, water, clean hygiene. It wasn't the, the vaccines, but it was 1962 john fucking kennedy created the 1962 vaccination act and by the way jfk was a scumbag you should just go study his history the entire families organized criminals everything they did was manufactured about how great they were he wasn't even allowed into the navy he uh you know destroyed a boat which was through pure recklessness and his father joe kennedy who was a crime boss called up all the press and you know, reframed him as, as though he was a great American hero. If you look at the entire history of the Kennedys, their criminal family, Booby Kennedy promotes safe vaccines, okay? He's not saying get rid of the 1962 Vaccination Act. He still wants pharma. Somehow he talks from, from both sides of his mouth. He's going to get big pharma to create safe vaccines, okay? His other uncle, Ted Kennedy, who killed a woman in Massachusetts, murdered her, and got to be senator is the one who created the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Program. He was a co-sponsor, which indemnified all big pharma. But what we see in American history is that they do not want all of us on this call joining. You know, we've created a movement called Truth, Freedom, Health, which educates people on a systems approach, why we need to build a bottoms up movement, how to do it. They do not want us building a bottoms up movement, guys. They want us looking to the swarm. Ooh, what did Booby, what will Booby do? What will Tulsi do? What will Fucker Carlson do? Looking to all these sellouts, and they're all part of the system. They do not want us building a bottoms-up movement. And I've been doing that all my life. I know the power of bottoms-up movements. So in 2020, if you look, 
we, we reached our message out to half a billion people. I was the first one to call out Fauci, fire Fauci campaign. We were the first ones to run massive protests against the lockdowns. Fucking Kennedy was promoting lockdowns. Trump was promoting lockdowns. So what they did after they put me back on Twitter was to make me invisible. But it's becoming very difficult because guys like you are saying, hey, wait a minute. How come Dr. Shiva is being made invisible? And herein lies our opportunity. The future is going offline. We have to. So if you go to ShivaForPresident.com, notice I haven't asked any one of you for money. We need volunteers. We need to build a movement. But if you go, there's a download section and there's a flyer. And that flyer says, you know, the lesser of two evils is killing your children. The policies in the United States have resulted in the average American child will have a shorter lifespan than every adult on this phone call. So that same philosophy of the swarm, the same Zionists who've done that, are the same Zionists who are absolutely fine butchering children in Palestine. These people don't have any regard for life, guys. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with satanic people. They're not, they probably have very little empathy. You know, if we did a genomic sequence on them, we may find they probably have no uh, empathetic genes in them. So we're, we have to recognize that we cannot look to them. We have to build a bottoms up movement and it's not gonna happen overnight. Fortunately, you know, my work over the last 50 years has been understanding how you build a movement. There's an engineering science to it. We have to get on the ground, but we have to have a clear vision, truth, freedom, health. All of those are interconnected. And speak, this, this issue that's occurring in Palestine gives us an unfortunate but good opportunity to speak about one of the most important things, Zionism. And Zi the position on Zionism separates the wheat from the chaff. Because right now, people like Kennedy, people like Trump, people like Bernie Sanders, people like Tulsi Gabbard, ooh, Tulsi said some good shit. She's saying some good stuff. But when it comes to Zionism, guys, you notice they're all Zionists. And that's the opportunity here. The question of Zionism helps us separate those people who are fighting for working people like us and those people who are for the bourgeois. That's what this is about. So the issue of Zionism is an amazing opportunity to say who is who should be the next leader of the United States? Another fucking Zionist? What are they going to do? They're going to keep doing Zionist policies, which is print more money. They don't give a fuck about everyday working people. They want to continue income inequality. But for their children, for their people, organic food for them. And by the way, again, Hillary Clinton is a Zionist. She's not Jewish. Barack Obama is a Zionist. Bernie Sanders is a Zionist. Booby fucking Kennedy is a Zionist. Trump is a Zionist. So who is who is going to be who is anti-Zionism? Who's putting his life on the line and saying the things that should be said? I've been doing that in my last three years. Doctor Shiva, I have a question. Yeah. For you. So you're let's say let's say metaphorically let's run the scenario. You win, you win the election. You get to the White House. You're you're telling you're saying everyone's everyone there is with Zionist or Zionist, correct? How how what can you do? What is your plan to execute and change? Yes, great great question, Ryan. So if you go back to my central thesis, it is movements that build. So let's say I win the presidency. What would I do? You know what I would do, Ryan? I would do this Twitter space, but we'd have eight billion people on this call, Ryan. All right, because the white the the presidency is corrupt, the judiciary is corrupt, the legislature is corrupt, and I've learned this when I stole then they stole my election in twenty twenty. The government of the United States has backdoor portals into Twitter that came out of my lawsuit in 2020. So we have to go to the fundamental understanding all of this is corrupt. And when someone wakes up to corruption, they're offered two paths to change the world. Oh, Ryan, run for office. Or Mays, 
file a lawsuit. So they give us the electoral path or the legalism path. You following me, Ryan? And that's what people are giving. 100%. But they do not tell people you need to build a movement. So we have created a global movement right now. Half a billion people know about it. We have about a half a million people worldwide. So the reason strategically I decided to run for president is that any one of us who's an outsider, there's no freaking way we're going to get elected using their model. We have to build a movement and getting, you know, in the event that I get elected, that would be like a revolution took place, Ryan. So if I'm sitting in the White House, by the way, after you seize powers, when the counter revolution takes place, if you look at history. So what would I do? Am I going to think like, oh, OK, now I'm president. I'm going to change. Now I'm going to change. No. I would do lives, I would do education, and, and the, the issues we would use the bully pulpit of the presidency to broadly educate more people, but bo it has to be bottoms up, Ryan, and people in their local communities have to start educating people, and we need a bottoms up movement. So at best, what I can do is to use the presidency as a bully pulpit, Ryan. That's what, that's what would be done, to mobilize people all over the United States, and they may even shut down <laughs> the internet, you know, because they don't want me speaking, but I would do exactly what I'm doing right now, uh, Ryan. It, it's to educate, educate, educate. The, you know, it, it is raising people's consciousness that's going to change the world. The more people... Just because you have a limited time, I want to hit you with the follow-up yeah. question. This is something that's a, a big near and dear point to me. Would you be willing to cut foreign aid to all countries, or at least starting with Israel and, and to all foreign countries. I'm strictly, I'm very against foreign aid to countries. I know there's some strategic points of this, but would you, what, what is your, not would you be open to, what is your point of view on yeah, that? Yeah, so, I, don't so we, put yes I put it all in the nest too, by the way. Yeah, Go we ahead, said, so Biden wants to send 14 billion, which is $100 billion per a working person in the United States. We've sent trillions to Israel since 1948. Here's my view, Ryan. Let's go to the founding principles of the United States, right? The Declaration of Independence says that, you know, you have the right to uh, arms uh, to abolish or alter your government when it becomes disruptive. That's a central principle. I love that principle. OK, the founders were so far ahead of their times. The over the many, many years, the United States has evolved from a very racist understanding of equality after the 14th Amendment to a much more egalitarian understanding of what equality means. Right. Equality, all men, women are created equal, which is a very good principle, you know, to the extent where and this is where we need to distinguish line. There are wars of self-determination where a, a righteous people, it is their land and they're fighting and, you know, someone occupying them or invading them. Those are case by case where we may want to send military aid. In my view, we should be sending military aid to the Palestinians. Let's follow. If you follow the logical process of what it means to be an American, the principles we hold, why the fuck are we sending money to Israel? So in my view, the the whole concept of sending aid to other countries, if it's to manipulate them for imperial interests, I agree with you, Ryan, that's false. And that's pretty much what the United States does. But there may be rare cases where we truly are supporting bottoms up movements of working people rising up to defend their national self-determination. It's a very important philosophy of the right of a people to defend, if it's their land, to defend that, right? Um, but that's not what we're doing. The United States has sent money to Pinochet in Chile, who butchered his own people because, why? Because of anaconda mining, copper mines, that we did on behalf of lobbyists. We butchered people in, in support of the butchering of people in Suhardo's 
Indonesia, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, it was the United States that put the Taliban back in power. Why? Because the U.S. wants the Taliban back in power and many of the Western countries so we can mine uh, all the rare earth min minerals. A lot of people may not know this. Women had the right to vote in Afghanistan before American women had the right. It was British and U.S. imperial interests that put butcherers like the Mujahideen and the Taliban into power. Wherever American Zionism goes, where the American swarm goes, it seems to always put dictators into power, Ryan, and fund them. We, If you follow the logical conclusion, I did a, a petition that said, okay, why don't we send military aid to the Palestinians? Why aren't we sending tanks? Why don't we send one aircraft carrier for the Palestinians? I'm saying a war. So that's what I, I think we need to move the ceasefire now, free Palestine, important. It should be send military aid to the Palestinians. You see, that's a very different position because this concept of ceasefire now, free Palestine, this has been around for 50 years. It hasn't gotten us anywhere. The Palestinian people are the people who have the right to national self-determination. They are the ones who are being oppressed. So why is America on the wrong side? It's on the wrong side because of the incredible amount of ownership of the entertainment industry, the financial industry by Zionism. So we, the American people, working people, need to see the linkage between our supporting the Palestinian people's struggle to the American people's struggle. And that's what happened at the height of the Vietnam War, Ryan. It was the reason the Vietnam War ended is American working people said, wait a minute, I am more in alignment with the Vietnamese people than my own government. But that took 10 years so we can learn from history. So we have to recognize when you follow the natural conclusion, we should be giving, I'm not talking about Hamas, Hamas is Israel, we should be giving military aid to the Palestinian people. We should be sending our tanks there. We should send two, you know, uh, aircraft carriers to make sure that Israel doesn't butcher the Palestinians. We're on the fucking wrong side. That's what I would do as president. I would send military aid as a war of liberation, supporting a war of liberation to the Palestinian people. But that's the natural conclusion you reach if you're truly an American. Absolutely. Tawab, I think Tawab wanted to um, have, did you have a question, Tawab? Very good question. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, Dr. Dr. Shiva, at the G20 uh, earlier this year, about three months ago, the IMEEC the corridor, which connect, which is like an alternative to the BRI. It goes from India to the UAE to Saudi to Israel and then to Europe, which makes essentially Israel the biggest, uh, a huge port, and which would make that piece of land that Gaza is at currently one of the most covetous piece of land. How? <clears throat> Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, this deal because it's fairly recent. And do you think there's any anything there that's related to what's happening yeah, in that deal? Yeah, big time, Tawab. If you look at, by the way, if you look at the Indian government, if you look at Rishi Sunak, you know, in uh, Britain, okay, a Brahmin, Rishi Sunak is married uh, to the daughter of the Infosys chairman, Narayana Murthy, okay? On the board of Infosys, by the way, to give everyone the background, is the biggest software outsourcing company in India. The director on his board is on the 8200, you know, which works with Israel. OK, so all of these people are compromised. But you, you're bringing up a very good point. This road, right, this port uh, or this 
this uh, trading route makes Israel the biggest beneficiary. This is why Rishi Sunak wants to butcher the Palestinians. This is why the Indian Brahmin elite are fine with butchering the Palestinians, right? So this is a back-end economics. In fact, in Gaza, in the occupied territories, are close to 200 trillion, trillion, okay, uh, cubic feet of natural gas, 200 trillion, 2 billion barrels of oil. And the Palestinians have, have been forced through all sorts of policies to be able to mine that for themselves. So this is, this is the genocide here is about resource grab and it'll serve imperial interests. And you just laid it out, right? It's you and, and you have to recognize that all of these, quote unquote, Arab brethren, <laughs> um, including the Persian brethren, be it in Iran, be it in uh, Saudi Arabia, be it in Egypt. We have to distinguish the people from the government. And I've been to Egypt multiple times, but the Egyptian government is a butchering government. Go back to Tahrir Square, where people are rising up against their government. The people in these Arab countries have also been subjugated, be it in Turkey, be it in Egypt. And all of these leaders are now with their megaphones supporting their people, but they're just using it for political purposes. They're using the Palestinians as essentially, you know, talking points to, to continue their power. They don't give a fuck about the Palestinians, all right? This needs to be understood. So what's unfortunate with the Palestinians, you know, in South Africa, there was apartheid. The white South Africans, at least, and it was a brutal period, they wanted the South Africans, they needed to keep them alive because they needed them as slaves. But what's unfortunate with the Palestinians is the Zionists just want them dead. They don't even want to use them as slaves. They just want them annihilated. So it's very different. It's not even apartheid. It's worse than that. But the monetary forces here, to your point, Tawab, have to do with the strategic nature of that port. It's a beautiful port. It's in a beautiful strategic area. And this is what this is why India, the government, this is why the British government, the UAE. And if you notice, Saudi Arabia will issue some proclamations, but they're all in it to butchering their own, their, you know, quote unquote, Muslim brethren. The only people who can stop this are the American people. I'm telling you this, the American working people, we're the ones who are fueling all this. We're the ones who are funding all this. It is the American working people who need to be properly educated and and the, the right leadership. And with all humility, I have to say that I'm the only public figure, the only leader who offers that. All of these fucking guys are Zionists. They have no backbone. They're all pussies. Excuse my language. They have to kill all the Zionists hang out there. Ari Emanuel, who controls, who runs UFC, who runs Worldwide Wrestling Federation, who runs Endeavor, the biggest Hollywood agency. One person, he's an Israeli Zionist. His brother is Rahm Emanuel, the mayor of New York, who work for Obama. One person runs the entertainment industry. And politics has become entertainment. Booby Kennedy is on his calling list. All of these people, they're all part of the swarm, guys. For sure. So we have sure. to break from this illusion, Ryan, that none of these people are going to do shit for us. But the issue of Zionism, what's offering us, offers us a historic opportunity to break from Zionism to spit on these fucking people and realize we have to build a bottoms up movement. It's the only way out. Or we're going to see more butchering in some other part of the world. In fact, probably in the United States. Right. For sure. Uh, let me go to Hannah. Hannah, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, this was all really great conversation. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, thank you, Maze. Um, thank you, Dr. Shiva. Uh, I love that you're running Dr. Shiva because I think like when I view the, like what is the greatest threat that faces humanity? I think of Zionism. It, to your point, it like Zionism isn't exclusive to Jews. It is a Jewish supremacist ideology that does further the greater imperial colonialist, uh, colonialist agenda. Um, and what we're fight, what we're seeing right now, uh, being fought, is an information warfare because the global elite are small in numbers. They they don't have the ability to pick up their arms and fight us all. So they're using information warfare to get us to fight their wars for them. And so it is critical and imperative that we have people in spaces and high level individuals such as Dr. Shiva to speak truth to power because we have to. Uh, permeate through this matrix of lies that has people convinced that they're fighting on the side of good when they're really fighting on the side of evil. So I think what you guys are doing here is ultimately what's going to win the war and also prevent World War Three. Yeah. And Hannah, I think so there's a big lesson that we can learn. Uh, if you look at the Vietnam War movement, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with this. When it first began, um, it was one wing of the establishment, the Democrats. And, you know, a lot of the hippies, people didn't want to go fight that war. They took to the streets and they were blaming the Republicans. Obviously, they were right. People like Barry Goldwater just wanted to bomb Vietnam. Um, and that, But that movement never really took off. It was for six years, you know, hippies doing drugs and counterculture. But it was in 1968. You guys may want to look this up on YouTube. 1968 Chicago Convention. So Lyndon Johnson, the Democrat, was running um, against Barry Goldwater, and it was a Democrat convention held in Chicago. Outside of that convention hall was massive protesters, anti-war protesters. And on the stage of the Democrat convention were machine guns. They were afraid protesters were going to break in. Anyway, Lyndon Johnson, the so-called anti-war candidate, unleashes police. And you can see it on this video. There's beating the shit out of these young kids. And that's when America woke up. They said, fuck, the Democrats and the Republicans are violent and they're, and they're for the war. And But it took that brutalization for people to break from the left and the right wings. And, and literally, with, and people started supporting the Vietnamese people's struggle against U.S. imperialism. People realized this is not us against them. The real us against them is us working people versus the elites. And the war ended within, you know, 16 months. You can we can look at it. And right now. Netanyahu, right? You have the obvious establishment, but you have the not so obvious establishment and which has been created. The establishment has become very clever. They have they do not want us building a movement. So they've created false idols like Kennedy, Bernie Sanders, Tulsi Gabbard. And this is a systems dynamic of oppression. Hannah, to your point that people need to understand, they've created these liberal Zionists, liberal Zionists. OK, oh, let's not send that much money to Israel. No, we shouldn't fucking send any money. You have to come out as anti-Zionist. A friend of mine who's Jewish, who was a professor who came out against Zionism, he said, when it comes to Zionism, it's black and white. You can't say, well, I support the Palestinians, but I'm Zionist. No, that would be like saying I support the Jews, but I'm a Nazi. It's fucking black and white. If you're anti-Zionist, you must say it boldly. And that's where we're at. And that clarity is what will end all this nonsense. And it's going to take us time 
the good news is I encourage all you guys to go to Truth, Freedom, Health, get involved in our movement, because the goal is we have to educate people on a systems approach to looking at the world. We have to realize that the future is offline. We have to mobilize people bottoms up. And that's the only way we're going to win. But we have to recognize the real devils here are the people like the Kennedys, the people like the Trumps, the people who, who talk the liberal Zionism. Ceasefire now is an interesting slogan. The real slogan is victory to the Palestinian people. You see, it's a very different slogan. Because who is the oppressed? Who And, and so that slogan is a much more politically conscious sl slogan than the neoliberal slogan, please stop beating up the Palestinians. You see? And that's what the liberal Zionists or the liberalism always does. They see a situation and they want to create a slogan. They want to divert the movement not to taking the real solution. And this is why no change ever occurs. They always lead into this very massaged position and it actually becomes oppressive to real change. You know, one of the things I think is um, going to be, you know, one of my priorities is to really you know, find a unifying way to communicate this because it's not like us against, you know, them. And, and, I, and I feel like this, this app, in, you know, has been very polarized. And I would love to kind of pull everyone together to have this discussion about the movement of Zionism and, and what it is, is not even, I just feel like a lot of people affiliate it very directly to it being, you know, protecting and having a Jewish um, state and it having a right to exist. And honestly, I'm not even against that. I think that they think that anything like anti-Zionism is, you know, anti-Jewish, an anti-Jewish state. And I just feel like we need to find ways that we can kind of pull everyone together and like get on the same um, basis. But what you shared, even about the different kinds of Zionism, it's not even, you know, Jewish is, is um, well, not even it. But I just thought well, that, that was, yeah, go ahead. It's amazing. I think this is a very important political discussion, right? So there are people, and don't take this personally, who will talk unity, kumbaya, okay? We have to be very careful mm -hmm. about it. Because when people talk about unity, healing the divide, what many of those people who say that do not, they, they say that, and you will see this quote-unquote unity bullshit come out, and, and I put it in double quotes, because they want to suffocate and never address the real contradiction. Like, you know what? You have fucking cancer. We have to remove that. You can't just sort of massage it, right? So we need to be very careful about this, because in the history of political movements, whenever people started talking unity, there were two versions of unity unifying working people, us versus them, the 0.001%. The 0.001% also calls for unity. But when they talk about unity maze, it's to cover up their crimes. So we have to be very careful about this. The unity has to be the unity of people with the same principles. Exactly. Now, when you, when you look at Zionism, it is, it's, you, you can't compromise with it. It is actually a satanic force. It is not anything to do with humanity so there are certain things you know you may have in relationships irreconcilable differences this is an irreconcilable difference so you can't unify i hate to use the word satan you can't unify with evil right you have to oust evil so we have to recognize there there will be a point where there's a very clear line and people have to take a very clear position 
I would argue that 30% of people, as I mentioned, you're never going to be able to unify. They're going to be hardcore racist Zionists who want to butcher all the Palestinians. Don't think that we're going to unify them, Mace. It's not going to happen. The opportunity is a 20% and the 50% who we can educate. But be very, very careful about this notion of unity and who is saying that. Because many times people will preach unity to suffocate uh, the discussion of the real contradictions. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. And I, I already in my mind, like, you know, I know the ones I know people that are just very hardcore. I know the 30 percent you're talking about. I just do think that there's a lot, of, you know, that correlate that word. I, I have a lot of work to do based on everything that you've said. Um, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to I'm going to just find ways to be able to kind of articulate this. And you know what? Wherever that line is. Absolutely. I agree that that line has to stay that way. I also want to let everyone know that truth, freedom, um, truth, uh, freedom, health.com. I put that in the nest. I put Shiva for president in the nest. I also put a few of his um, threads in the nest that it, like all his policies and everything, just lots. Of, there's an abundance of information in there and I'm going to put his channel, YouTube channel up there too. So you can see all the podcasts. Um, I just wanted to make that easy for everybody to access. Um, and yeah, if there's any other questions, not sure how much, how we're doing on time. I just want a question. One Sorry. Second. Do we have a few more minutes for some questions, Dr. Shiva? Sure. Yeah. Oh. Just to amaze this point, look, it's one thing to expose, 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 and you can create what's called learned helplessness. We have to be very careful about this so you don't get burned out. In the 1960s, the CIA learned, they did very interesting animal experiments where they took animals, they would you know, give them some horrific situation that would occur to them. They would give them an anim animal a stimulus to get out of it. And sometimes the anim animal would do that stimulus and could never change things. And the frontal lobe of the brain changes. It's called learned helplessness. You literally remodel your brain where you say, well, I guess that's just the way the world is. I guess, you know, the Gazans will get committed genocide. I guess that. So we have to be very careful about this. So you have to be very wary of how much the exposition of these images come out without a solution, you see? Because that leads to learned helplessness. So you keep voting for people. You choose the lesser of two evils. Well, I guess booby fucking Kennedy's the only choice we have. He's saying some good things, right? So this is what the elites want to do. So I just want to talk just very briefly. This, there is a solution. The solution is we have, a, we have to have an uncompromising vision of what we want. Um, and I've spent a lot of time on this. And, and I believe we all want truth. We all want freedom. And we want, all want health. That's a very clear vision. And all, all of those intersected. In order to get there, we need to have we need to be scholars. You need to put a little bit of study and you need to understand the engineering physics. And that's called system science. The elites learn the science of systems. And the third thing is we need to get on the ground. We need to physically do something. You're not going to learn plumbing just by reading books. You have to get on the ground. So to Maze's point, I encourage you guys to go to Truth Freedom Health because it's been my life journey to figure out how we achieve human liberation. Just like how do you fly, fly an airplane or how do you create email? Um, and there is a science to it. There is a science to building a movement. So please take that opportunity to do that. But thank you. So Doc, let's take a more questions. Definitely. And hopefully, when, when, if you have another uh, time available where you're more available, we also run some other spaces. I'd love to have you as a guest. I followed you if we can connect and kind of coordinate that. I think the audiences would love to hear from you because, like, this was brilliant. Yeah. 
Um, I want to go to David real quick. He's my uh, finance basis buddy, so I'm kind of going to give him a little bit of precedence. David, what's up, man? How you doing? David, you there? Yeah, the audience is like raving about you in the comments, Dr. Shiva. They're like, I make know. sure he comes back. <laughs> I have a question. Well, look, to David, everyone listening, everyone go to Shiva for president. Sign up as a volunteer. If you want to give money, great. But, we, you know, money is overrated. Uh, labor is more powerful than capital, you know? So mm -hmm. go sure. volunteer because we need to get on the ballot in every state. Everyone's got to do that. We need to collect signatures. Um, go sure. to our open houses. But everyone mobilize people because we have a huge opportunity to really talk about the most evil force on the planet. It's fucking Zionism. Right, right. Uh, David, are you there by any chance? I want to double check one final time. David? David Tawil, are you there? Okay. I guess maybe he fell Brandon, it'll be quick. Truth, go ahead, bro. Okay, first Truth off, is never patient. <laughs> Go ahead. No, because we have limited time. It's a race against the clock. First of all, thank you for that new slogan. I already tweeted it. Zionism is racism for the purpose of serving colonialism or imperialism. That, that's amazing. So yeah, the other slogan is declare your independence from Zionism. So yeah, we came point. up with the slogan declare your independence. The fucking douchebag Kennedy steals our slogan. Yeah, <laughs> declare your independence from Zionism. Let's see if he can match that. He won't. That's what draws the line, because will he say he's against Zionism? He'll be thrown out of Malibu. My question was, besides tweeting yeah. in these Twitter spaces, being on Rumble and YouTube, like I get in on the comments and I go and like start to base with people. Like I'm in there attacking full time because, you know, this the, this thing in Gaza has got to end. The genocide in Gaza has got to end. Do you have any other tips, recommendations, suggestions that we can do to try to educate people beyond what I've been doing? Thank you. Yeah. You know what I think we should do? I think... Um, uh, you know, one of the things we should do is we should mobilize. And I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, you know, overseas right now, but I'm going to be back. Um, I want to run a massive demonstration, you know, in Harvard Square um, and march on, let's say, Harvard University. OK, or MIT or these universities, because these are the centers of Zionism uh, where they, you know, those kids at Harvard who uh, wrote that thing, they were blacklisted, if you remember. Right. Who came out against Zionism. But one is getting on the ground educating people but i think online if you guys can uh this is one of the things you guys can do go to fucker carlson's website and say why aren't you putting dr shiva on why do you put that other fake brown guy vivek the snake on if you notice that guy's all over they literally created him literally manufactured that fucking fool because i was a brown a guy that they show, wanted bro. to take what's that he's a soros show man he's he a just no, what i'm saying he it is, it is personality yesterday go ahead yeah, he's he's a Brahmin, brown nose, big pharma bullshitter. He's a fucking car salesman. They have to shove him down people's throats, Maze, but they literally went and found a brown guy who initially, if you saw, he would literally steal my talking points. But this is all psychological operations because they want to hide the real brown guy who actually stands for working people. So one of the things you guys can do is anything you can do to go hit fucker Carlson to go hit these media people saying, hey, how come you're not putting Dr. Shiva on? What? And you will see the contradictions. And it gives us the opportunity to expose the fact that this is all theater. They're choosing who the anti-establishment, quote unquote, candidates are. And my view is we have to educate people. So if you could say, hey, look, how come fucker Carlson's not putting on Dr. Shiva? Well, because he's part of this establishment. He acts like he's exposed to stuff, but he's actually part of it, right? So the more we can educate people, the theatrics of what's going on. They are creating 
their own dialectic. They do not want a bottoms up movement. The more we can expose these contradictions, that's what that's what needs to be done. The contradictions of the not so obvious establishment. Have you tried getting on Jimmy Dore or Russell Brand shows? They have massive. It's a fucking door door. When I exposed Kennedy, he said, you're pathetic. Do you understand Dore is a white fucking liberal? He's a neoliberal douchebag. He will never put me on. This is what I'm saying. The subtlety in Jimmy Dore will say certain things, but he will never go out against Kennedy, you see? And he'll never put me on. So he what I'm bring saying- in Max Blumenthal to counter Kennedy on all of his uh, Zionist points, though. And he had him on for over a half an hour, and he refuted point by point everything he said. So give some credit there to Dore. He is okay. Yeah, he, but what he's I'm just saying is- He's a comedian by trade, right? But I know, but problem. what I'm saying is Dore took the jab, Okay. We have to understand a litmus test for them is why don't you put Dr. Shiva on? What are you afraid of? Ask him that. So, Dr. Shiva, I have, I have, I have Jonathan, one second. You got, Jonathan, I mean, I really, I really want you guys second. to ask this. They'll put Kennedy on. They'll put Tulsi Gabbard on. What is it? I'm fucking too dark for them. I've no, asked, no, we'll make do, it happen. We'll, we'll do like we'll. Yeah. Next time you come on, we'll figure something out. We'll do like a little move, a hashtag or something. We're, we've been very successful with those. Uh, David, yeah, are you have. there by any chance? David, are you there? Can someone uh, call on him? Maybe he can't hear me. David, are you there? David, send him a DM. Is... Okay. Hey, David. I'm sorry. Did you ask me a question? Yeah, you yes. had your hand raised. I thought I wanted to see if you had a question. Oh no, no, no. I, 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 I just wanted to know from from Dr. Shiva, what, what to date have been your accomplishments in this arena? Where do you want me to start? Uh, I know, right? Give, give me, give me your top three. All right. Well, uh, if you go in the recent past, in 2020, okay. Well, l- let me tell you. So let's get so let's David, get more recent than 2020. How about in the last year? Your top three achievements. Where in anything or in politics? In this arena, yeah, in politics and in, in, in the agenda that you've got going on here. Yeah. So, in politically, it was my lawsuit, my work that exposed the fact that government has a backdoor portal into Twitter. Are you familiar with that, David? That there is a a political access point into Twitter to drive the agenda? No. He exposed all the censorship that's happening. So so let me give you the background. Just just give me the name of the case. It's fine. You go to winbackfreedom.com. Everything's up there. Okay. It's Ayodhya versus Twitter. I represented myself in court against seven lawyers and I won federal injunctions. Okay, so in 2020, uh, when I ran against uh, in in Massachusetts, um, we exposed the fact that the voting machines were deleting ballot images because my election was stolen. When I exposed your your election for what? For U.S. Senate in Massachusetts. Okay, and you lost you lost to who? We ran in the Repu- so let me tell you the whole story. So just just let me get, take five minutes so you, you get the whole thing. Sure. So in se- September of 2020, I ran in Massachusetts in the Republican primary. All right. We had 3000 volunteers on the ground. We raised close to two million dollars. You couldn't leave Massachusetts without seeing a lawn sign for Dr. Shiva. By all accord on the ground, it was going to be a landslide. Well, when the results come in on September 2020, uh, 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 I went in the all uh, uh, predominantly working class county. There's nine counties in Massachusetts, hands down by 10 points, where all the ballots are, are counted by hand paper ballots. In every other county, I lost 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40. To a candidate, no one even knew. 
put up by the Republican establishment, GOP. That led me to put on my hat as an MIT engineer to start understanding how these voting systems work. It turns out when a paper ballot goes into a voting machine, David, it creates an image. It's called a ballot image. And that's in all those other counties, they use voting machines, electronic voting machines. Those ballot images are what is used to count your votes. So by law, by 52 USC 20701, all records in connection with the federal election is supposed to be safe for 22 months. So no one believed I lost, ma'am. So we went in and we asked the uh, government, Massachusetts government, for those ballot images. They said, oh, we deleted them. We don't have to save them. That led into me filing a FOIA request. They have 10 days to respond. In the response, the general counsel of the Massachusetts government, a woman called Michelle Tassinari, writes back and she says, we don't have to preserve them. I said, show me the law. She doesn't send me the law. Anyway, those four email interactions with her, I put up on Twitter, never been thrown off. And I said, Massachusetts deleted uh, 1.2 million ballot images. That starts going viral. And just to give you an idea, David, I would do a tweet and I would get 30,000 retweets with 250,000 followers. So as that goes viral, I get thrown off Twitter. In the middle of my Senate election, which we'd moved to a write-in campaign, I was still a bona fide uh, Senate candidate. So I, no lawyer in Massachusetts wanted to take on the election commission. So I had to file the lawsuit myself. What was the lawsuit about? It was the fact that in one of the Reuters press release, it said that the government of Massachusetts had contacted Twitter to throw me off. Let me repeat that again. You get it, David? The government contacted Twitter to, uh, because they didn't like what I was saying, to throw off a U.S. Senate candidate off Twitter. I knew I had a very important First Amendment lawsuit. So I filed a lawsuit on myself against the Massachusetts government, represented myself in federal court. And what comes out in cross-examination, this is in 2020, October of 2020, that the government in cross-examination, the social media director reveals to us and the judge that the way they decided to throw me off is the government has a special portal, a VIP portal into every social media company. The judge says, why did you decide to throw Dr. Shiva? Well, he was saying things we didn't like. What did you do? Oh, we contacted Twitter. How did you do it? We have a special VIP portal. This was called the Partner Support Portal. This, was, judge, before, this was before Musk closed? Yeah, this is way before, okay? Yeah. The fact that you don't know about it reveals the fact of what is taking place in this country by concealing something that was so preeminent. Now, I've talked to Tucker Carlson. We gave all the lawsuit to, I call him Fucker Carlson, Glenn Greenwald and the ACLU. They intentionally concealed this lawsuit. Why? Because I'm not part of their establishment. We had exposed one of the most important things as an MIT PhD, as an engineer, as a U.S. Senate candidate, that the government has a special access to government. And I was essentially made a political dissident. So the, the, the I, person I, that the person that you lost to is currently in the Senate. No, he, he, oh. this is a Republican primary. OK, the Republican primary. So 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 I'm, I'm just I'm sorry, just to make things you know, very simple. You, you feel as if if you would have won, right? You, first of all, the the the, the you, you're contending yeah. the ele- you're, you've proven that the election was stolen from you, and that you would have beat beaten the Senate the, the Democratic candidate who beat the Republican. That's a different issue, David. The issue was the Republicans colluded with the Democrats to steal my election. That's part one. The more important part is what unraveled out. You of think that. everyone ganged up against you? What are you talking about, David? Let me let I'm me. Sorry, you I'm just saying. said the Republicans you're, you're, colluded with the Democrats. Yes, to go ahead in, and steal the election, election from you in that election. Yes, in the primary. Okay, because they didn't want a real candidate.
going up, up against Ed Markey. All right. He was a weak candidate. Um, you have to understand that you, you can you go to Massachusetts. Everyone knows Dr. Shiva, massive name brand equity. The point is what that led to was something even more revealing was that the government has a backdoor portal to Twitter. OK, that the government can contact Twitter and um, uh, and and because they don't like somebody. Now, when I got put back on Twitter on uh, November 3rd after the election right was over, um, I start tweeting again about all sorts of issues. You want to ask what I've done? Well, in 2020, I was the one who ran the fire Fauci campaign to expose Fauci. I have a Ph.D. in biological engineering. Uh, I'm considered one of the leading guys in the immune system. I was the first one to come out against the lockdowns, the first one to expose uh, the issue with masks, et cetera. And you can go read about all of that. But more importantly, I was the one who did the detailed analysis of chain of custody and issues with signature verification and mail-in ballots in this country before the election integrity movement was hijacked by people who started talking about all sorts of whack job shit and hid the real issues. But getting back to this issue of the First Amendment, I was put back on Twitter. And then on February 1st, 2021, when I once again exposed the fact that I discovered this backdoor portal in the lawsuit, I was thrown off permanently. That led me going back into federal court. And the judge, Mark Wolf, who was appointed by Reagan, federal judge, he said, wow, he goes, they violated my order. This time I want you to bring Twitter into the courtroom. So that case, May 2021, you can go look it up at winbackfreedom.com. Now it was me, who is not a lawyer, facing seven Harvard-trained lawyers, three from Wilmer and Hale, uh, who are representing Twitter, uh, three from the government of Massachusetts, one from the National Association of State Election Directors. The night before that lawsuit on May 20, uh, 20, uh, 20th, I discovered a set of documents that were created at the Belfer School, uh, at the Kennedy School of Government, where, and you can go look at it, everyone should go to winbackfreedom.com. These are manuals. These are manuals that were created by Democrats and Republicans in collusion with CISA and DHS and how you will blacklist U.S. citizens, how you will track them on social media and how you will throw them off. So, David, you should go look at that. OK, you should get educated on those documents. This is way before Twitter files. And this was literally the midnight of my lawsuit where I had to do opening statements. And you have to understand. So I go into that May 20th hearing and there's close to 2000 people on that hearing uh, on Zoom. And you can go find the transcripts. And I had to give my opening statements. I said, Your Honor, all of these people in this room, Twitter legal, Twitter was there, the Massachusetts government um, and uh, the National Association of State Election. All of these people have told you they have nothing to do. They didn't know each other. But here's a document. They're all the authors of this document, which is a document called how you will blacklist U.S. citizens, how, how you will use these backdoor portals to silence U.S. citizens, David. All right. The judge is appalled. The head of Wilmer and Hale, the vice chairman, this is one of the number one leading law. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with them, David, one of the leading law firms in the world. She goes, Your Honor, we don't believe he's writing his briefs. They're too well done. That's how good my briefs were, David. The judge then says this this lawsuit will be the most important lawsuit that will be taught in every constitutional law class. He goes, Dr. Shiva, you've done enormously well defending yourself. You won this injunction, right? I have the authority to appoint you a lawyer because he knew that I had all the predicates for piercing qualified immunity, not only to get back injunctive relief to go back on Twitter, but also to win a lawsuit against the government of Massachusetts. So anyway, I he gives me a lawyer, David. 
they appoint me a, a constitutional lawyer and he wanted my briefs, you know, uh, tweaked up so they could survive appellate review. The hearing was set for July. In the July, three days before the July hearing, the lawyer that I was assigned, you can go look him up, Howard Cooper, who was, by the way, I found out was representing Dershowitz against the Epstein case. So Howard says, look, Shiva, you're going to become one of the biggest heroes. You'll be the first guy back on Twitter, but drop all your claims against the government. In June of 2021 came the Long Fuse report. Are you familiar with that, David, out of Stanford? No, I'm not. You should. It's up on the site. It's a 400-page report done out of the Stanford Internet Observatory, which validates everything I'd said, that, in fact, there exist these playbooks, and I was the top six super spreaders on the Internet. The other five were people like Trump and Breitbart, who were funded by billions of dollars. But I was considered a threat, and I had to be thrown off Twitter. It's documented in there. You can go read it. So when the so I had all the predicates to win this, but my own attorney said, Shiva, be happy to get back on Twitter, but drop all your claims against the government. I had to fire him 72 hours before that lawsuit, and I had to do my own briefs, my own memorandum of law. And you can go look at it on winbackfreedom.com. The end of it is we're now going after CISA and DHS. And this is before Twitter files, which is a limited hangout, before fucking Musk supposedly stopped, you know, or protected free speech. So that's what I've done, David. And that was me defending myself in federal court. So, so, you want so, me to so your legal your legal actions are, are not finished. You're, you're still midway. Yeah, but we're the ones who expose the backdoor portal, David. No, 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 I just, no, no, I'm okay. not, I'm not, I'm not discounting anything that you've said. I just, I just want well, to understand the procedural posture. Yeah, that you're still, you're still in David, the midst you of a, your are, crusade. Are you a, David, are you a First Amendment attorney? No. Okay. No, because we're looking for. I'm looking because I do so many things right now. I did my own briefs. You can go look at the quality of them on the site. Let me give you the second thing. The second thing that I do a lot of work on. Is you know I'm a I'm, I'm I still I'm not just a politician I work as a full time scientist um, you know I publish papers in Nature and stuff but one of the biggest things I'm very focused on is um, if you look at that curve if you look at on what's going on to the lifespan of people in the United States the lifespan is going down are you familiar with that David the lifespan of your child if you have a child or anyone on here is will be less than you. And this is not because of the vaccines. It's because of a system of policies that has taken place starting in 1960. And it's not any one thing. It's a systems approach. So we do a lot of things, David, to educate people on a systems approach. Now, the the one of the biggest things that we educate people on um, is that policies affect biology at the physiological level. So over the last two years, People used to do aging conferences, right? People used to do immune conferences and cancer conferences. These were three different realms. What has now come to clarity is that the molecular systems in your body that control the immune system are the exact same molecular systems that control aging. So if you want to live long and prosperous, you have to support your immune system. So I do a lot of work on this. I've published some of the seminal work on this, but more practically, Come to our open houses. When you come to one of my open houses, we train people. We're, I probably saved 100 million people's lives in 2020, 2021. We were the first ones to educate people on the immune system, the importance of vitamin D, quercetin, zinc. Didn't make a penny off it. Other people took our stuff and they bottled it. So, and you want me to keep going? No, I no. I, I want to. So, 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 this is not just theory, man. You're looking at some guy who actually works, has gets his fingers dirty, 
I've, I've been an activist since 1980. Yeah, I congratulate you. You, you, clearly, yeah. you clearly put a lot of effort, a lot of time um, into, into everything, lots of different channels. I'm curious, clearly the U.S. has it all wrong, I guess, in, in terms of the way things are in, in your perspective. Uh, can, you, can you point to a government in the world that's that's got it right in in, in, well, in your well, uh, in your eyes yeah the u.s actually doesn't have a, so the way i look at the world um david and, and come to one of our open houses but i take a systems approach so in the Shiv, 19- Shiv, for, for many reasons that i could get into i probably will never come to okay, an open but house like david, but that's you're beside being, the point david david you're being david let, um, me, let me let me just give you a, a, a very quick pricey of this okay um those in power, you know, and I used to educate them at MIT or, you know, you go to the Kennedy School of Government. There's a new understanding that developed in the 1940s and 50s called system science. It's understanding the interconnections between things. And there are nine principles, David. George Soros is a leader in system science theory, reflexivity theory. Henry Kissinger learns this. OK, so I used to teach a graduate course on this. It was one of the most popular uh, uh, elective courses at MIT. But systems thinking uh, go to Pierre Omidyar's website, Democracy Fund. He promotes systems thinking, but he's on the other side. So systems thinking is a way that we're going to win. It's to understand the interconnections between things. But broadly, what systems thinking leads you to is to understand that every system in the world has, among the nine principles, three fundamental forces, transport, conversion, and storage. In political worlds, I'll call it, I'll call it truth, freedom, health. Okay? So if you want me to objectively look at a culture or society you can look at the culture by how much freedom it has the ability for people to move information matter and energy which is what we call in engineering how much ability it has to do to take ideas apply the scientific method to do real science that's getting to truth right and infrastructure okay which is economic health physical health truth freedom health so the united states has one of the most fundamental things 99% of the countries don't have, David, which is freedom, First Amendment and Second Amendment. No other country on the planet has that. So no, the United States is not, uh, you know, all bad. The United States has these very fundamental Bill of Rights. On social media, it's been destroyed. Trump destroyed it with the creation of SISA on November 16, 2018. But we still have these very fundamental freedoms. When it comes to truth, uh, after the Mansfield Amendment of 1970 in the United States, the collusion between the NIH, NSF, Big Pharma took place, where academia has been seriously compromised. So that's an area that we need to focus on, right? So you don't really have um, a foundational uh, way to really do great science. And when it comes to health, we have a serious problem here because of the collusion of Big Pharma, of the collusion of big hospitals, of the collusion of big insurance companies, We've destroyed the patient, uh, you know, doctor relationship. So we don't really have health in this country anymore. But the thing that the United States still has is the First and Second Amendment and the Bill of Rights. So I think the United States is not, you know, you can't, you know, we have our movement globally. You go try to uh, distribute flyers in Singapore, you're going to be thrown in jail. Okay, Uh, Britain does not believe in the First Amendment. So we have an enormous opportunity still in the United States if the American working class realizes its uh, duty in many ways to exercise, particularly the First Amendment, freedom of speech, um, but more importantly, the opportunities we need to take a systems approach to start looking at the world beyond left and right. Can I ask Thank you, you a question? very much for that. 
I just had a question as to whether you're aware if Twitter is taking money from any government agency such as the FBI, which used to fund Twitter to the tune of $3 million a year so they could get that backdoor portal access and then essentially tell it which tweets to either, well, which accounts actually to suspend or eliminate or uh, suspend or, or even tweets that they should just shadow ban. Thank you. Yeah, so, so true. That's a great question. If you go look, you know, when I was thrown off on February 2nd, I was put back on December 2022, okay? When I got back on Twitter, the first tweet I did, I said, hey, Elon, you know, I created the first email system. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, a high-tech entrepreneur. Why don't you make me your CEO? That got like 20 to 30 million views. You can go look at it. But after that, I started hammering Elon. I said, look, the backdoor portal that was discovered in my historic lawsuit still exists. Are you going to remove it? Silence. More interestingly, Redacted Clayton Morris, who used to be at Fox, he runs a station called Redacted. Uh, remember when Musk was doing these big spaces? He had like, yes, yeah, I think, 100,000 people on. So Clayton got legit, it. By the way? What's that? Is Redacted legit or are they... Uh, I don't know. No, I, I consider them controlled opposition. But anyway, uh, he put a lot of people put me on to make people feel good because guys like you will say, oh, how come Dr. Shiva's on, right? So just to increase their credibility. But anyway, Clayton Morris asks Elon... He said, Elon, Dr. Shiva's lawsuit exposed the fact that there's a backdoor portal into Twitter. How do you reconcile that, Elon, with your support for free speech absolutism? You know what Elon said? That's December truth. He said, ooh, that sounds like Big Brother. It was ooh. And you can go, it's, the video's up there. And he goes, I'll get back to you. Well, that was December 2022. He's done nothing. We have to understand where Elon Musk begins, where government ends, nobody knows. SpaceX supported by government. You know, Tesla exists and is profitable because of the $1.5 billion carbon credits from government. Twitter, right, its valuation is wholly dependent on Section 230 immunity. So I kept hammering away, and I have a very interesting graph. You will see my views, which went from 1 million views per day, Truth, down to maybe 10,000 views. So what Elon so the government backdoor portal still exists with Twitter, and what they're doing now is a digital cage. So you'll promote people like booby fucking kennedy or trump because they create the dialectic but you'll surely not promote me or the concept of what they're doing now truth is if you take Mays's followers or your followers they can do a very interesting thing called predictive analytics where you can take all of your followers create a matrix of who are your followers what are their characteristics and then you can put it through some very simple machine learning algorithms and you can say, oh, these are the people who will like truth. These are people like Mays, or these are people like David. And then proactively to those people, you can send them people who sort of are similar to you, but actually the opposite of you, truth. So that's what Musk is doing now. It's, a, it's censorship 10.0. It's much more controlled censorship. So the shadow banning and putting people in digital cages is what's going on. Does anyone else have any questions? By the way, I you're do. not going to miss your flight, are you? Because it's been more than an hour. Yeah, let, let a light. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, the car's downstairs, so I got to go. Okay, Dr. Shiva. Um, yeah. So, well, hopefully we can have you back on again. I really appreciate you coming last minute. I'm going to um, send you some screenshots of like the feedback, and I'm going to send everybody. I put all the links Could that you mentioned. Every link. May, can we sneak in one more question? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, sure. Elias, a quick one if you have one, just because yeah. you're, you're awesome. So I, wanna... I mean, I don't know. It depends on if Shiva, Dr. Shiva. Yeah, go ahead. Shiva, yeah, quick, okay. no, I'm just, quick, yeah. Quick. I, I just texted them. Go ahead. 
You're the man, Doctor. Thank you. Elias, quick, not a long one. Go, go, go. All right. So thank you very much, Dr. Shiva. I really appreciate your speech. And um, in like, let's say, a sentence or two, uh, my question would be, what would you say is the best thing for us to do on Twitter for us to, or, or X, for us to uh, promote Palestine and be uh, against the Zionist narrative? Uh, your input will be very helpful. And thank you very, very much. Thank you. Yeah, Elias, I think the key thing is to recognize the fact that it is a bottoms-up movement, uh, explaining people that we need to go offline, but I think more educationally, educating people that the Zionism, you know, is racist, it's anti-Semitic, um, it is divorced, um, that most Zionists are not Jews, and this is one of the fundamental things that we need to educate people on, that being anti-Zionist is proclaiming your freedom. Declare your independence from Zionism, because what it is doing to the Palestinian people, the Jewish people, um, the American people, frankly, people all over the world is very, very destructive. And I think that is a messaging that you guys need to do regularly on a constant basis. And let people know that why is it that Dr. Shiva Idre is the only viable presidential candidate who's anti-Zionist? And why is he being made invisible? And, and that's and that's really what we need to ask. So, you know, my running gives you guys an actual tangible opportunity to say, how come this candidate, who's got all the credentials, I'm, I'm the epitome of the American dream, came from a low-caste, you know, Indian situation. My dad came for 75 bucks. I'm, I'm a working-class kid. Why is this? Why is Booby fucking Kennedy, who's a fucking Zionist, received so much um, media attention? That's a question that needs to be asked. Why is it this guy, who's done so much for this country, contributed at every level, actually being made invisible? And why is a guy like Vivek the Snake promoted? That's a question you guys need to ask. Isn't this the kind of guy we want as president? He's got engineering degrees. He creates companies. You know, he writes papers, he fights, he goes on the ground. I mean, come on. Why? I mean, to, are you that, that's a question that needs to be asked by not me, because if I if I do it, it's considered self-promotional. You say? I completely agree. You're going to have a chance to debate Bobby Kennedy? Yeah, go go you look at the truth I did to be fucking Kennedy. He's a, he, he's a pussy. He'll run away from me. <laughs> I mean, he, the guy went bang 28 women while his wife was alive, was fine with his wife hanging herself, buried her in the, go look at this, it's all facts, buried her in the Kennedy compound with him praying over it, had PR take pictures as though he cared about this woman, and then exhumed her body the next day and moved it to an unmarked grave. Wow. It makes Newt Gingrich look good then. He's a fucking book. piece of shit. And that is who the so-called medical freedom movement wants. He has a video. Go to rfkexposed.com. Why is it a guy like he is being promoted and the real guy like me who's worked bottoms up, who sweated his whole life, who's actually created things, helped people? Why is it that I'm made invisible? Are we living in fucking South Africa still? I like. Are we living in a goddamn caste system? This is what must be asked. The indignity that I'm that's done to me to make me actually invisible. They're so afraid to even make me controversial. I like that you're very that's the question you guys should be asking. And that leads to the same answer, the same problem. 
It's a swarm. It's 0.001%. And it is us versus them, Mays. It is us, the working people, versus them, the swarm, the 0.0001%, who think that they're the only ones who own narratives, that we should be bowing down to them, that we don't have the dignity of everyday people who sweat, who work hard, who actually do shit. I've... That's a, that's what you should be asking about them. This guy's one of us. Why do you suppress him, Jimmy Dore? I... Ask him. I agree, and I would like to commend you because you are a very straightforward talker, no bullshit, straight to the point. It is uh, factual, the things that you have been saying. I really do commend you highly. And um, to answer your question, and I think this is obvious, it's because they're all against you because you're not part of the team. You're not part of the group. You're not part of the gang. Basically. I'm not one of them. I'm one, I think I'm one of us. They do not exactly. want real people, guys. Because when they look in the mirror, they'll say, fuck, this guy actually did the work. I never did any work. My mom and papa gave me fucking silver spoon. Trump was given, you know, $200 million worth of properties, you know? All these people was given shit, guys. None of us were given stuff. No one gave me anything. I went to an all-Jewish high school the last three years where everyone thought they were the chosen people. I was a number one student, for example, in every class. They would keep me out of exams, guys, so I wouldn't compete. I've been having to deal with this shit my whole life. So to me, the struggle is real. Ryan, you have a lot of doors, Ryan. Ryan, you're... Ryan. Ryan? Ryan, your mic. Where are you at, Ryan? That sounded really so, weird. So anyway, I, I just yeah. want to let people know that I have struggled on front line. This is not theory to me. I've had to fight these people my whole life. You know, I invented the first email system in um, a small medical college long before I came to MIT. When it went into the Smithsonian, the bullshit I had to go through to defend that when the, the facts are black and white. So I've had to fight the establishment my whole life, guys. No one ever gave me anything. And that's why I have such disdain for these fuckers. We have it's to stop looking up to them. We have to, yeah. Dr. Dr. Shiva, I just, just real quick, right? Uh, I, I, this, is, this is actually kind of important. Because uh, I, I, think, I think one of the issues that really bothers me is the fundamental attack on, you know, Americans' rights that I'm seeing right now. And, you know, I highlighted this in, in, in the top. Um, somebody tweeted, like, you know, this um, aspect of the fact that Israel has successfully lobbied right throughout yep. the United States to prevent people from, you know, uh, criticizing um, Israel. Like, I'm talking about, like, uh, legislatively, right? And I find it's very strange that as an American, I can, you know, criticize America. You know, I can even boycott America, but apparently you boycott Israel, uh, and that's against the law in some states. So in, in, uh, the question I have for you is, how do you suggest Americans fight that? Because that, that to me is very concerning. Like, it's extremely concerning. There's only one way to fight it, man, to fight it. You have to speak boldly. There's a guy called, how many people know who Sheldon Adelson is? Anyone? I do. Well, he's dead now, but Miriam's taking He's over dead, but his wife is alive. Sheldon Adelson is a multi-billionaire, and every presidential candidate has to go suck him off and get his money to win. And go look at Tulsi Gabbard. She's hanging out with his wife because she's now the heir to all of it. Go to booby fucking Kennedy. Every person has to go get Zionist money. 
And that is why my run, our run, our movement is so important because think about what we have. We don't need money, guys. It's people power. It's truly a bottoms up movement. That's what this is about. And we as Americans, we as people throughout the world need to recognize that labor is more powerful than capital. Labor, our work, our sweat is more powerful than capital. And that brings back dignity to being a human being. They want you to outsource your dignity to them. Ooh, booby fucking Kennedy. Ooh, he came from the Kennedys. Ooh, booby's going to help me. Ooh, Trump is going to help me. Ooh, Bernie Sanders is going to help me. You see what they're doing, doing to us? It's really a violation of your soul, your spirit, your existence as a human being. Dr. Shiva, just one last question, and it'll be a one-word one. What is your perspective? Uh, sorry. Do you, you... Sorry, what's your perspective on Bitcoin? Positive or negative? Uh, it's a complicated question, okay? It is Why? Because you had to go, that. I didn't want to give you... Well, I'll just tell one. you this. Look, as a technologist... I can tell you this, technology never, ever solves problems, okay? And trust me on this, technology, in fact, when new technologies come, the non-technologists, we get very excited. Wow, the printing press came. I'm going to be able to publish my own novels, right? I'm going to be able to distribute, inf well, four major publishing companies consolidated. You know, you can't get a publishing deal unless you have an agent, okay? When the internet came in 1993, I wrote a book called Arts and the Internet. We were, wow, the internet, I could build my own website, I could invite, well, what ended up happening? It consolidated in power, four major uh, social media companies, okay? We have to understand that if you look at Bitcoin, it is very wholly dependent on massive amounts of infrastructure to mine it, and then when you want to access it, who owns that infrastructure? And furthermore, when quantum computing comes, you're going to be able to break a lot of the prime factorization codes, okay? So it is not... It's a longer question. We could do a whole thing on it. It's ultimately policies, you know, backed by the power of the people by the First and Second Amendments, man. It's not technology. Every time we think a technology is a solution, it's who owns and controls that technology. So that's where we have to be careful. But the concept of Bitcoin, the concept of the blockchain, right? The concept of the Internet. These are all very powerful things. But who owns that infrastructure? Who owns the medium? You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, but this fixes so many other problems. But we, it I does. Think we should, I think we should have a debate. It's a longer about discussion. This. We should do a follow up. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We get the doctor back. We'll definitely, Bitcoin will be one of the top. All right, guys. This was, thank you for your, uh, you know, the kind opportunity to present here. Thank you, thank Maze you and coming. Alex, for, for, for having. But recognize that you have someone like me, man. I've worked my whole life bottoms up and I've sought liberation every time I was a four year, that four year old kid who saw the caste system in India. And the brutalization, I've, I've never lost touch with where I came from. Um, and we have to start having dignity for ourselves and stop looking to the swarm. And that's what my life is about. So get the word out there that there's finally one of us here. And, you know, it's time. It is us versus them. And the them is a 0.001%. We don't need to unify with them. We need to expose them. But they'll eradicate us if we don't eradicate them because it is a war. It is a war about ideas it is a war about people breaking from this illusion of who do we seek do we seek ourselves and our own you know fortitude and our hard work labor do we give uh you know our souls away to money that's what this is about it's a great call to action i appreciate okay. that we gotta Thank talk you. about med school next time thank, thank you okay, be well
Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dr. Shiva. Appreciate you. Bye, buddy. Thanks, Dr. Shiva. Be in touch. Bye, bye.